In the early 19th century, Edinburgh was a renowned European centre of anatomical study at a period when the demand for cadavers caused a legal supply shortage. According to Scottish legislation, bodies used for medical research could only originate from those who died in prison, suicide victims, orphans or foundlings. The scarcity of bodies resulted in an increase in body snatching by what were called resurrection men. When a lodger at William Hare's residence died, he sought the guidance from William Burke, and the two agreed to sell the body to anatomist Robert Knox. They were given what they considered to be a generous sum of £7 and 10 shillings. And so began the story of William Burke and William Hare, the body snatchers. Well, hello, my fellow weirdos. I hope everyone is okay. I hope everyone is having a fantastic Friday. Today, we have a special guest, and it is one half of the wonderful podcast, Criminomicon. I hit that first time. It is Brooke. <laughs> hello. Hello, everybody. <laughs> welcome. Welcome. Hi. I'm so stoked. <laughs> I'm so stoked you can come on. Um, I've wanted to get a little club going for for ages. I'm super super stoked that we can we can get one. We I, can get one on the on the road. I yeah, I fully ditto. I second that. I have to admit, I'm like you said, I'm only one half. I I am the elder Brooke, and I have a sister in law who is also named Brooke. Although technically it's her middle name, so technically I came first, and I actually have it as my first name. It's a whole thing. That being said. <laughs> Um, she's had a bit of an aerial moment and, um, her voice is completely gone. And so when we do end up slaying the, uh, wicked sea witch and she gets her voice back, we'll be able to do a collab with all three of us down the road. But for today, we already had this set with Dom. I'm really excited to be here. So I've been a massive fan of you and your work since I, you know, first kind of got onto the podcast scene. So yeah, pretty exciting to be here. Stop. (laughs) Don't carry on. Stop. Continue. Just no, carry please. On. No, I can't. Anymore? <laughs> Anything else you'd like to add? Yeah. Yes. No. Huge fan. <laughs> like, from the get-go, I've been just floored by how good your research is, how funny you are. Your sarcasm just echoes the dark void that is in my soul when it comes <laughs> to these scum upon the earth. So... I love your stuff, and I'm so glad I at least one half of us gets to be here today. So thank you so much for having us and me and all. Oh that. no, the pleasure, <laughs> the pleasure's all mine. Uh, I'm glad that you like my extremely dry British humour. It's very good. <laughs> People pay good money for that, so yeah, we're <laughs> that is that is true. I'm doing it for free. Yeah, no. I should, <laughs> what is this? We've got to monetize like, this. Dom, I know. I'm on. questioning my life. I need that Netflix money. That's what yeah. I need. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> so for anyone who hasn't listened to your show, number one, you have made some very poor life decisions if you fall into that bracket. You need to talk oh. to yourself and you need to... It's true. You, you just need to have some words. Um, get yourself two, sorted. <laughs> yes, get yourself sorted. Like, what are you doing, guys? There goes, like, half my audience because I'm... <laughs> 
being horrible to them. Uh, <laughs> um, I love you really, guys. Please don't leave. Um, please stay. And number two. Yeah, please stay. Uh, I like doing this. And two, <laughs> um, if you could tell the people about your show um, and maybe where they can listen to it and where they can follow you on social medias. Absolutely. So... Uh, I'm an old fart who doesn't have a ton of social media acumen. So uh, Instagram is my most active place. I will sometimes post to Facebook as well. Um, our podcast in general is, I mean, we were we were trying really hard not to just do the copy paste situation, right? So. Uh, we wanted something that was pretty open-ended as far as crime. That's why it's Criminomicon and not Murdernomicon. We bounce back and forth, but we wanted to cover a lot of different topics. So serial killers, murders, that sort of thing is definitely in there. But we also cover kidnappings, uh, white-collar crime, random things that happen in the world we also have a couple different fun little segments such as cryptid corner where at the um we publish on friday so the last friday of every month we publish a cryptid corner so we go into some either weird place or some cryptozoology type strangeness high strangeness sort of things just for the hell of it because it's fun and we're weird like that here so <laughs> we like that um we also have a segment that uh dom is kindly going to let us carry over in today's episode for you guys and oh, that yes. is the florida man segment so as you can tell by my accent i'm american and who doesn't love making fun of fellow americans particularly people <laughs> in florida so that is a staple now in our <laughs> podcast. But we love having people check it out. We really like showing and highlighting the victims or the survivors first whenever possible, bringing some more humanity to the occasion and having a little bit more open discussion also around whether it's news that's going on in the world today and what our responsibility is it's so easy to just get swept up in you know the train wreck that is true crime and just sitting back oh, yes. and watching it and eating our popcorn and so we also really tried to link you know advocates websites or different opportunities for us to donate or help crowdsource different things whether it's crime research or dna testing you know all that sort of thing so we try to be responsible over there as well but yeah check this yeah. out we're excited to yeah. have more people come come and listen oh yes definitely um and like i said uh brookie and brookie <laughs> i know and it's true <laughs> um are, are doing an amazing job with their podcasts from day one i've been a fan you know i love i love what you guys are doing oh. and yeah you guys are just smashing it and you deserve all the love so go and give them some love so before we get into the meat of the episode mm. we get into old birkin hair um you mentioned the florida man segment and we are going to be doing that on today's episode yeah because <laughs> i mean it's it's a florida man story how can you not want to hear a florida man story? I mean, so you've got to <laughs> Why oh, you got it. You? And you're going to be exactly. going there soon, so And I'm going to be going there soon. Consider this a I'm crash be... course, Dom, for what you're in for. <laughs> <laughs> Just full heads uh, up. <laughs> I'm going to be like 
I'm going to be on like Big Thunder Mountain and it's just going to pop into my head and I'm going to be like, oh yeah, shit, that happened. Yeah. <laughs> Where are the mullets? <laughs> Must find the mullets in the cracks. Where are they? <laughs> so with that being said, Brooke, take away, take it away. It is, it is time for Florida Man. Floor is mine. Well, for those of you who don't know, we like to do this little segment called Florida Man. It's where we find the most preposterous, strange, outlandish Florida Man crime story. We try to keep it light here. So this is always our time of kind of a little bit of brevity, a little bit of lightheartedness. So we, we try to keep it a little fun on this, on this side of things. So... Uh, this is coming to us from a local Crestview, Florida, WKRG news source. So, you know, it's solid. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> um, don't sue me. Um, so the uh, title of this particular, this this headline is is pretty good. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't scream at you at first, but just wait, just warm up for it for me here. Okay. Just a minute. Okay. Um, police state. Man causes $100,000 of damage to liquor store construction site. Now, at first glance... $100,000? Yeah. Yeah. It's quite a bit. It is quite a bit. So, (laughs) at first glance, you'd say, wait, this is Florida. You think that he would be lining up at the grand opening. He'd be there. He'd be the one with the giant scissors, right? (laughs) No. This guy has other plans. So, according to Crestview Police... A 32-year-old Freeport man is in custody following a Saturday night rampage. The rampage caused more than $100,000 in damage to the liquor store under construction at the Crestview Walmart. So now we've got Wally World involved, so you oh, know it's yes. even better. Um, when, you, when, you throw, when you throw Walmart in there, <laughs> I mean, you know. Dom, can you, you know. imagine what a Walmart in Florida is like? Oh, God, I know. It's that is peak human <laughs> performance right there. I get the feeling. Um, um <laughs> real specimens walking around there. <laughs> so, so yes, at this uh, Crestview Walmart and to the construction equipment itself, he did all this damage. So around 9, 10 p.m., the suspect, Matthew Horace Jones, first of all, three names, so you know it's going to be good, uses a, a forklift to damage the building under construction. According to police, Jones allegedly broke into the Finston construction site on the north side of the Ferdinand Boulevard South using a JCB extendable forklift parked at the job site. And I don't know what it is. This is our second Florida man that has hot wired a forklift to do damage. I don't understand what is going on. How do you hot wire a forklift? See, I am not a criminal. I would not know. What? But, uh... And- how did he get access to hire uh, to to hotwire the the forklift in the first place? Uh, like, did, <laughs> uh, is that it's just nobody watching this construction site? At Apparently all. not. Like, no, everybody's just clocked go, out. They got to go walk it, they the all go home. They all go home at five p.m. Yeah, <laughs> no one stays afterwards. Exactly, everyone just leaves. Yes, I've got to okay, go bye. I'm gonna leave the keys crocodile. right here <laughs> in the forklift. <laughs> so, according to police, Jones alleg- allegedly broke into the Finston construction site on the north side of Ferdin Boulevard, and he snagged this forklift. And this building was under construction. And it was absolutely demolished, like destroyed. He went bonkers. (laughs) Additionally, the suspect damaged a city fire hydrant and a two-inch water meter worth about $3,200. 
So he's just Ooh. going for it. Yeah. So Crestview police <laughs> received calls that the suspect was, quote, throwing cinder blocks off the scaffolding into the construction zone. So he's like... What? <laughs> you just, just casually picking up these, like... Yeah. Cinder blocks, which are quite heavy. Yes. <laughs> if, if you don't know, there cinder blocks to, are not light. There had to have been drugs involved. <laughs> I'm guessing meth. Um, but <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't be shocking. No, say. no. According to a building contractor, the damage included forty thousand dollars in scaffolding materials, fifteen thousand in block and mortar, fifteen thousand forklift, a seven thousand five hundred mixer, a one thousand five hundred mud pans, and oh like. 4,000 in damage fisting. So all those numbers were all in dollar signs for the damage he <laughs> oh inflicted. So the suspect, Jones, also caused about $60,000 in labor to clean and rebuild the site from scratch. And when the Crestview officers arrived at the scene, Jones aimed the forklift towards the officers. <laughs> <laughs> He's just going to run a over with it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, he's like... I, I've seen Knight's Tale. I know how this goes. I'm going to joust you. This is now For happening. Sake. And so the officers <laughs> stopped Jones at gunpoint and were able to detain him. Jones stated that his name was, quote, Alice Wonderland. And he was told to commit the offenses by a hookah-smoking caterpillar. There's the Florida man craziness if it wasn't bad enough already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's meth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So Man is he's, shooting it. He's having some. He's having a, a little bit of a crisis. Um, <laughs> the police sergeant Don Howie stated, "Quote: The defendant stated Walmart was building a place to sell alcohol, and he had a problem with that. So he's under uh, probation now, and he has a been slapped with a felony of grand theft." Use of a motor vehicle to damage property of another in excess of $1,000. Criminal mischief with damages greater than $1,000 and violation of felony probation. So, Jesus, that's our Christ. man. <laughs> so, he now, didn't, so he didn't want, or he didn't like that this Walmart was being being built, right? Right. So like, in, instead of instead of being like, I'm going to, I'm going to write to my local, uh, uh, local um mp you know if i can write like what we would do here right. is that i can i'm gonna write to my local constituent like i'm gonna send an email to the developer i'm gonna do this i'm it's just like now i'm just gonna go and cause four hundred and sixty thousand dollars worth of damage right right well i mean we all know that in that particular state they have a lot more important legislation they're working on right right now so i don't know how <laughs> no that's true yeah that's true (laughs) yeah Mm, they have some other extremely important business that they're working on so (laughs) and when was this was this recent um no i had to dig a little bit for this one because i wanted the creme de la creme for you dom i had to bring you the good shit so no this was a little bit this was a while ago (laughs) but um yeah no there's there's a little lovely little subreddit called florida man exclamation point so (laughs) I think I I don't know if I've been on that one, but I've been on a Florida man subreddit, and I've 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 seen some outstanding outstanding articles. Yeah, I, it's pretty I good. Should, it, it's why I was like, <laughs> it's why I messaged you, be like, I'm 
seriously considering starting a Florida man thing for my show. I like, think you should. I think you should. I'm I not think, American. I think you but... need, I know, what am I doing? I'm asking for it now. But I think you should go to Florida and then just go and interview anyone that looks slightly special over there. And then just should have, I? yeah, walk around with a microphone. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, if you don't get stabbed up, first, but like, I'll, I'll just set up camp in Walmart in, <laughs> in find that exact Walmart and get people's <laughs> hot takes on that whole situation. And how is the liquor here, sir? <laughs> now that it is here, <laughs> how's their selection? Oh dear, they. <laughs> but it. I need a rating, Dom. This is now you. You get to do. Oh, the pressure is the on. pressure. I know. Oh, the pressure is on. Um. Oh, 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 oh. I think that I would give this one a solid a solid six drunken alligators. Brilliant. I think that's very that's very fair. A solid six. Yeah. There was no wildlife in this one, so I nope. can see points deducted for that. I I agree with you there. <laughs> like if if there was some sort of wildlife, whether that was an alligator or some other, you know, I don't know, someone fucking someone's pet leopard escaped and <laughs> right. fucking yeah. absolute mayhem. <laughs> I, I, I if the alligator was driving the forklift, then we're getting if the somewhere. alligator was driving if the alligator was throwing the cinder blocks off yeah. the roof. <laughs> so good. So bad. So oh, bad. <laughs> yeah. I no, it. I like that. I like that very much. Um I hope that was enjoyable for everyone else <laughs> i do love i do love a florida man story i think everyone appreciates it it doesn't matter where you're from <laughs> like, yeah you could be from anywhere and a florida man story always 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 good stuff <laughs> always hits yeah always hits <laughs> so are you ready to get stuck into Ugh. this little case uh from yesteryear I can't tell you, okay, I've literally talked about this case and doing this case. And as soon as you said Edinburgh, because you did not let me know, you did not tell us what it was you were doing, but you said Edinburgh and a while ago. And I was like, damn it, he took it. <laughs> now I've got to wait like five months before I can do my hot take. So yes, I'm ready, Dom. Snatched Next it week. from me. <laughs> I'm going to... I'll go on Spotify next Friday and I'll look at the new episodes of all the podcasts that I follow being yeah. uploaded. And you would you you'd be like, Criminomicon. And I'll be like, oh, they're doing the Birkin hair case. Freaking bastards. Yeah. And they're gonna get and they're gonna get more downloads to be as well. Sue them. Gotta sue them. Oh, I know you're ahead of us in downloads. I already know that. So. Sue them. <laughs> I'm coming for you. How American. My legal team's me. gonna my legal team's gonna gonna be be coming. They're going to get that Netflix money from you. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All, I'm rolling in it over here, Dom. You have no idea. Oh, that's it. That's it. Like, I am, um, I've got, I got too much money. I don't know what to do with it. I know. It's ridiculous. Just throw it away. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 cool. fine. Let's do your take, I guess. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I mean, don't hate the player, hate the game. No. Don't, don't hate on me. It's true. <laughs> I believe I have two cool. people by the end of this to definitely hate. So that's the good news. <laughs> yes. That is very true. <laughs> I mean you might have you might have three Uh-oh. potentially. You might have three. Ooh. Actually, no, you might have more than that. You might have you might have like five. <laughs> there, there are 
there are some 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 characters <laughs> you will find. There are Lovely. some characters in this. <laughs> so, in the early 19th century, Edinburgh had several pioneering anatomy lecturers, including Alexander Monroe, his son, also called Alexander, um, which, you know, he, he obviously doesn't have a high opinion on himself if he called his son Alexander Monroe as well. <laughs> like, <laughs> Jesus. Um, John Bell, John Goodsir, and Robert Knox, who all helped develop anatomy into a modern discipline. Hmm. Edinburgh, along with the Dutch city of Leiden and the, and the Italian city of Padua, became one of the most important European centres of anatomical research as a result of their efforts. The teaching of anatomy, which is essential in the study of surgery, necessitated a sufficient supply of cadavers, which grew in demand as the science progressed. So according to Scottish Scottish legislation, uh, those who died in prison, suicide victims, and the remains of foundlings and orphans were eligible corpses on which to perform the dissections. When the legal... I know <laughs> that's Very that's brutal. in that's mad, isn't it? The the Victorian actually no, was the eighteen hundreds. Yeah, it was. It was um, the Victorian era was era was something else, something else. Like oh yes, let's cover ourselves in arsenic because that's not gonna <laughs> that's it's not gonna be a problem. This is fine. Little bell <laughs> on the eye, make it sparkle. Exactly. That's totally chill. No problems here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so when the legal supply of corpses in Edinburgh couldn't keep up with the demand, students, lecturers and grave robbers, also known as resurrection men, uh, began an illegal commerce in exhumed cadavers. And, you know, I got to say, as much as it sucks, they were spot on with their branding. They knew how to brand the hell out of that. Resurrection men? Oh, yeah. How has MCU oh, yeah. not snatched that up and- yet? I don't understand. <laughs> Hashtag TMTMTM oh, here. There's that that's Netflix it. money. <laughs> oh, that's it. We've got a trademark resurrection men. And then Netflix can make like a documentary about it. And then we can get all the royalties. We've got to get Simon Pegg. Oh, wait, he already did this one. That's <laughs> um, <laughs> right. I'll, I'll act in it. Yeah, okay, brilliant. Perfect. Bit, if they give me a bit more money. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, that's insane, isn't it? How they had the resurrection men. I love it. Like in my notes, I put... In my notes, I put improvise, adapt, overcome. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best, like, gothic horror live, laugh, love sign ever. It's just like. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Nobody should have live, laugh, love in their, <laughs> in their house. They should have improvise, adapt, overcome. <laughs> I mean, that's been our lives for the last, like, what feels like in a small eternity, right? <laughs> It genuinely has. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay, sorry. Oh, Interrupting. Too funny. Oh uh, no, no. <laughs> Interrupt whenever you want. Like it's it's all it's all bants. We love we love the bants. Um I mean it's not all bants. People died. <laughs> well 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 yes, they did. Well at first they didn't though, correct? Like at first it was on the up and yeah. up, kind of. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> like it was it's all fun and games until Supply and demand, dies, I suppose. Capitalism <laughs> yeah. at its finest. <laughs> exactly. I mean, they were just—they just improvised, adapted, and overcame. <laughs> like, that's, uh, that's all they did. Yeah. Um, so, 
so the legal situation muddled things a tad like this is, <laughs> this, yeah. is this is a, this is ridiculous i don't know if you know about this but <laughs> so disturbing a grave as well as removing property from the deceased were both illegal right yeah. however because legally the body didn't belong to anyone stealing the body was not an offense and it was not <laughs> illegal yeah he doesn't need it anymore so <laughs> what? like whatever <laughs> <Can> you, what <laughs> like Oh, that's ironic considering at the time how many like they were they were probably robbing graves over in Egypt some fierce at this point in time, right? Oh, like yeah. this is not <laughs> They're like, no 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 Fucking... no. They're old they're old over there. It's fine. It's antiquity and we need to grind up our mummies and drink them. It's fine. That's it. That's it. <laughs> the body it the they don't Museum. need the body anymore. That's okay. <laughs> It's, it's just ridiculous like <laughs> disturbing a grave as well as removing stuff from the body is like no 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 no, no. <laughs> no can't do that uh, oh but you're gonna steal the body oh no that's fine it, it's, it's just fine. like leave the but clothes you did, did you we'll recycle it, did, you <laughs> did you disturb the grave no okay you can steal the body but if you disturb <laughs> the grave Oh, that headstone is really expensive. You guys, <laughs> knock it off. <laughs> That's like the biggest gray area I think I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, not great. No, <laughs> I mean, it's, really not, it's not even a gray area. That's like the Grand Canyon of gray yeah. areas. <laughs> <laughs> That's like uh. a chasm. <laughs> Alex Honnold could not free solo that. That's that's the breadth and width of how awful and deep this is. <laughs> Insane. Um so um so the cost of a body uh, varied according to the season. Oh, yeah. It was eight, I know. <laughs> you know, seasonal 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 stuff, guys. Um it was 8 pounds in the summer <laughs> when the warmer temperatures accelerated decomposition. Uh-huh. Um, and £10 in the winter when anatomists had more demand since the cooler temperatures allowed them to preserve corpses for longer. Hey. Therefore, allowing them to perform more dissections. I mean, seasonal vegetables are a thing, man. <laughs> seasonal dead bodies. <laughs> Damn it. I'm never going to be able to buy a pomegranate ever again. This is you're a not, problem. Okay, thanks you're for not, that. You're not at all. Uh, but, I mean, if you sold it in the winter, you could get you could get ten dollars. <laughs> sure, yes, dollars. I'll go with that. <laughs> um, so, just in case uh, people are wondering what eight and ten quid equates to in twenty twenty two money, yes. Um, so, eight pounds um, in the early eighteen hundreds mm. um, is the equivalent to eight hundred and twenty three pounds and eighty five pence oh. now. Okay. Um, a, a tenor from the early 1800s equates to £1,029.81 in 2022 money. So, so this was lucrative. Like, they're getting bag. Yeah. They're getting put there. I mean, I, they're getting bag. You can't deny that. <laughs> like, they are getting money. Yeah. Money. So, I mean, granted, they probably shouldn't have done what they did down the line <laughs> but if they're getting 
I mean, if they're getting eight hundred and twenty-three pounds a body, yeah, that is that's, that's you're doing money. well for yourself. Yeah, yeah, you're <laughs> you're fine. You're doing all right, aren't you? Bloody hell. Um, so the I put in my notes. I was like going back to um the 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 legalities. I put in my notes like disturb a grave. No dice, not allowed. <laughs> Steal a body from said grave. Ah, oh, that's chill. It's all gravy. Yeah. Carry on. Carry on. Good to go. Nothing to see here. <laughs> Keep walking. It's another body snatchers <laughs> you're looking for. Yes. Oh, uh-uh. dear. <laughs> so Jeez. by the 1820s, uh, the residents of Edinburgh had taken to the streets to protest at the increase in grave robbing, which is understandable, um, to avoid graves being disinterred. Uh, bereaved families used several techniques in order to deter the thieves. Um, guards were hired to watch the graves. Imagine being given that for you. Imagine being given that. <laughs> Is job. this where graveyard Jeez. shift comes from? Because I feel like this could be where that comes oh. from. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, when I was writing my notes, I didn't even that didn't even, <laughs> that didn't even come into my head. Hey, oh, that might the, genuinely be. I got the freaking yeah. graveyard shift again there, Dad. <laughs> Gotta go watch this over. Is, this is Todd, our graveyard shift intern. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. You need a new bumper sticker, new stickers, new mugs, <laughs> new merch. Hi, my name's. It just needs to be the little hello. My name is, and it's hello. My name is Todd, the graveyard shift intern. <laughs> I, I would pay good money for that. <laughs> I might genuinely. Yeah, do it <laughs> tonight. Do when it. I, tonight, when I end the call, I'm just gonna be like, right, straight on to the merch store. Quickly, quickly. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, guys were hired to watch the graves. <laughs> Um and Watchtower. So I saw I saw a photo. <laughs> Watchtowers were legit built in several cemeteries. Wait, I'm sorry. What? Like, I I will send you a picture yes. at the end of this. Oh my God. Um, but there, there was I I think when I was researching, um, I went on Wikipedia and there was genuinely a photo of a graveyard <laughs> with this massive fucking watchtower. In it. it was quite comical. Oh, actually. that's cool. Um, <laughs> oh. Uh. So, so yeah, watchtowers were built in several cemeteries. Um, some families hired a large uh, stone slab that could be placed mm. over a grave for a short period of time um, or until the body had begun to decay past the point of being useful mm. for an anatomist. Um, other families also used a mort safe, which was an iron cage that surrounded the coffin. I've so, seen those. Those are gnarly. Yeah, very yeah, I've metal. seen them as well. They're very, like very they're metal. so they're so metal, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> so fucking metal. <laughs> <laughs> the high levels of vigilance from the public and the techniques used to deter the grave robbers led to what the historian Ruth Richardson describes as a growing atmosphere of crisis among anatomists because of the shortage of corpses. Mm. Uh, the historian Tim Marshall also considers the situation meant that uh, Burke and Hare took grave robbing to its logical conclusion. Instead of digging up the dead, they accepted lucrative incentives to destroy the living. Mm-hmm. Let's meet our primary characters of this here little old ye old um true crime case robert knox oh. william burke and william hare 
So mm-hmm. Knox was an anatomist who graduated from medical school in 1814. Uh, he was blind in one eye and severely scarred after suffering smallpox as a child. He served as an army surgeon at the Battle of Waterloo in 1815, then in England, and finally in Northern Africa during the Cape Frontier War in 1819. In 1820, he returned to Edinburgh, where he was born, um, and in 1825, he was elected a Fellow of Edinburgh's Royal College of Surgeons, where he lectured on, believe it or not, anatomy. Um, I know, right? Absolutely breaking news. Um, (laughs) He undertook dissections twice a day, and his advertising promised a full demonstration on fresh anatomy anatomical subjects my audience are used to the fact that i can't speak english at this point Um, (laughs) as part of every course of lectures he delivered uh, he stated that his lessons drew over 400 pupils i mean what a selling point right like this man should be in advertising with with taglines like a full demonstration on fresh anatomical subjects see oh i don't know why but it's it's the it's the it's the word fresh in there that really gets yeah. me for <laughs> some reason. Grim, I'm just imagining this like Rotten Tomatoes review of just like, <laughs> yes, this anatomical uh, anatomist is <laughs> certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. This is a problem. <laughs> this is not good. Um, so uh, Claire Taylor, his biographer in the Oxford Dictionary of National Biography, observes that he uh, built up a formidable reputation as a teacher and lecturer and almost single-handedly raised the profile of the study of anatomy in Britain. Um, Another biographer, uh, Isabel Ray, considers that without Knox, the study study of anatomy in Britain might not have progressed as it did. So, Mm. I mean, he's either really, really good, or he knows what to say to people to, like, give him these glowing reviews. Yeah. Uh, Cool. So... William Burke, here we go. The boys. The boys. Uh, the boys. William Burke. The boys. Uh, <laughs> William Burke was born in 1792 in Ernie uh, County, Tyrone Island, to middle class parents as one of two sons. Burke and his brother Constantine. I love that name, Constantine. That's gold. Yes. Very oh, good. So good. Um, <laughs> had a comfortable childhood. Uh, and he and his brother both joined the British Army as youths. Burke was a member of the uh, Donegal militia until he met and married a woman from Mayo County. <laughs> Mayo, Mayo? County. That's brilliant. Yeah, Mayo County. As in Mayonnaise County? Uh, just sort of the first four letters, like Mayo just County. Just Mayo? Just Mayo. Because we say Mayo, all, I don't know what you guys call. I'm oh, I call it Mayo. Is it mayo? Okay. It's not like I don't call it mayonnaise. All that. Okay. Yeah, no. I okay. Full disclosure. I was in was that Edinburgh? No. Where was this? <sighs> I think it was Edinburgh. At one point. Uh it was on my honeymoon. And legitimately I ordered fish and chips and I it did not click until afterwards. That it was fries. It wasn't chips until it came. And I was like, I'm an idiot. I, Brooke, <laughs> you're an idiot. You've watched how many British procedurals? 
You've watched how uh. much BBC? This is embarrassing. But any yeah, anytime all those little weird colloquialisms like mayo or whatever, I always gotta double check myself and be like, wait a minute. This is one of those words, right? The words that you were stupid about <laughs> that one time and <laughs> you didn't know <laughs> what you were talking about. <laughs> mentally just having flashbacks. Yeah. <laughs> ah! A little PTSD. I'm back. What's happening? I thought these were chips. They are chips. Oh, <laughs> okay. Thank you. <laughs> I'll be leaving now. I'm going to go have some curry because I hear oh, that's great here. <laughs> oh, yes, it is. Oh, yes. Um, so... So yeah, Burke and um, the 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 woman he married would eventually relocate to Mayo County, where they strictly serve ketchup, no mayonnaise <laughs> in sight. Uh, <laughs> They're like, that's our word. We don't yeah. serve or say that here. Like, this is not okay. You you go and you go to like a restaurant in Mayo County, and you're like, oh, "Have you got any mayonnaise?" And they're just like, "What is that? I've never the heard." The diner what? like gets what? hush quiet. Everybody turns, whips around at you. Yeah. It's like we don't say we, that word here. <laughs> we have barbecue sauce and nothing else. A one, um, and you'll like it. <laughs> <laughs> so Burke um, abandoned his wife and family in 1818 after a disagreement with his father-in-law about land ownership. He would relocate to Scotland and work as a labourer on the Union Canal. Uh, He made his home in the little village of Madiston near Falkirk with Helen McDougall, who he affectionately referred to as Nellie, um, and she became his second wife. Hmm. Uh, cool so the couple moved to Tanner's Close Edinburgh in November 1827 after a few years um, and when the canal construction was completed uh, they would become hawkers uh, peddling second hand clothing to the poor um, <laughs> Burke then became a cobbler in a trade in which he was successful earning upwards of one pound a week and I know that sounds dire like well, pound a week. Yeah. but you as are we... scrimping. Yeah, that is all that you're making in today's money. But like, yeah, today, like you are, you are not going to get far on one pound a week. But in 1827, mm. a quid a week was probably money. Like, I mean, we said like eight pound for a body. Like then, so would he's be yeah, he's doing fine. Like, quid, he... it? So yeah, he's doing all right. Yeah, <laughs> he's doing all right. Um. <laughs> So he had a reputation in the community as a hardworking and cheerful man who delighted his customers by singing and dancing to them on their doorsteps while doing business. Despite his Catholic upbringing, Burke became a regular attendee of the Presbyterian religious gatherings conducted Mm. in the grass market, and he was rarely seen without a Bible. Uh, Cool. So William Hare uh, was most likely born in the counties of um, Amar, uh, Londonbury, or Newry. His age and year of birth are both unknown. He claimed to be 21 years old when he uh, was imprisoned in 1828, while one source claims he was born between 1792 and 1804. His early life is unknown, but he may have worked as an as a agricultural labourer in Ireland before emigrating to the United Kingdom. He spent seven years working on the Union Canal before coming to Edinburgh 
in the mid 1820s to work as a coal man's assistant. <clears throat> uh, so he lodged at Tanner's Close in the house of a man named uh, Logue and his wife, Margaret Laird, in the nearby Westport area of the town. When Logue died in 1826, Hare um, married Margaret. Just swooped in, <laughs> like, and was just like, Mr. Yep. Steal Your Girl, Mr. Steal Your Girl, <laughs> like, Mr. Steal Your Girl, like, <laughs> slid right in, didn't slid he? Slid right just... in, like, the eighteen twenty six equivalent of like sliding in a DM. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I mean, all I got to do is like not sleep in this bedroom anymore and instead sleep in this one. All my shit's already here. It's perfect. Oh, exactly. Like, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> It's what your husband would have wanted. Yeah. Oh, no. I know you're grieving. I, Margaret, I, look at me. I know you're grieving. But, like, tax breaks, baby. Tax this breaks. Is too good. That's it. That's it. <laughs> According to historical sources, Hare was um, illiterate and uncouth. A lean, quarrelsome, violent, and a moral character with the scars from old wounds about his head and brow. Uh, I don't think there are a lot of historical sources that like <laughs> that like hair very much, according to that sentence. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. According to Brian Bailey's uh, Chronicle of the Killings, um, oh, that's who said the quote, sorry. So mm-hmm. Brian Bailey mm-hmm. said that really nice thing about hair. <laughs> uh, Margaret, who was also an Irish immigrant, is described by Bailey as hard-featured and debauched uh, vi- vi- virago? Virago? So, so virago means a domineering, violent, or bad-tempered woman. Uh, so it wasn't good. <laughs> it's <laughs> it also gender-specific. That's interesting. It must be a term of the times or something. Yeah, I've never huh. heard that term. The more right. you know. Yay. That's it. When we we educate as well as horrify on Horror House. <laughs> Welcome um, to Dom and Brooks' um, Word of the Week <laughs> corner. <laughs> it's great. I'm stealing that. I need another corner. I have to have four of them. So far, only yes. scripted corners. So here's my other corner. Yes, you, you take that corner. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> uh, Burke and McDougal traveled to uh, Penacook, uh, um, Midlothian, to work on the harvest in 1827, and it was there that they met Hare. Uh, the men became friends, uh, and when Burke and MacDougall returned to Edinburgh, they moved into Hare's Tanner's Clothes lodging house, uh, where the two couples soon acquired a reputation for hard drinking and boisterous behaviour. Oh, dear. They sound like the neighbors from hell. Yeah, <laughs> like... I know. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is my downstairs neighbors right now. Thank goodness. So, so wonderful. I know. <laughs> I love it here. <laughs> this is my favorite. Let's save up until we can leave. Thank you. We need a down payment immediately. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so with all that out of the way, that was the entree. That was a starter. <laughs> let's Let's dive into... That, Don't the, say the meat of the episode. Do not say the meat. <laughs> I, I, I was I was going to say the the main. I knew course. it. Okay, okay, good. <laughs> the the main course. Um, <laughs> so, Donald 
um, a lodger in Hare's house, died of dropsy on November the 29th, 1827, just before getting a quarterly army pension and owing £4 in back rent. Following Hare's complaint to Burke about his financial loss, the two planned to sell Donald's body to a local anatomist. (laughs) I mean... Uh, (laughs) Already we're hitting (laughs) some problems here. It's not, oh, this poor man has passed. It's a freaking back rent, man. What am I supposed to do now? And then it's not, let's see, let's notify next of kin. It's well, we gotta sell his body. Else, what are we gonna do? <laughs> Natural conclusion to this episode. I was about to say the, the only logical conclusion. The only. <laughs> the only one. Um, <laughs> so, a local carpenter built a casket for a burial that would be paid for by the church. Oh. Following his departure, the two men, uh, Burke and Hare, opened the casket, removed the body, which they hid under a bed. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <oof>. <laughs> 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 not the worst air freshener in the world right there um, and Mm-mm. resealed it with bark from a local tanner according to Burke's official confession as he and Hare left the university one of Knox's assistants told them that the anatomists would be glad to see them again when they had another to dispose of the order of which the murders occurred is a point of contention Uh, Burke confessed twice, but each time he gave a different sequence for the murders. The first (laughs) was an official one handed to the sheriff substitute um, procurator fiscal and assistant sheriff clerk on the 3rd of January 1829. The second was a 7th of February 1829 interview with the Edinburgh uh, Courant. So these... (laughs) in turn diverged from Hare's statement order, despite the fact that the two agreed on many uh, many aspects of the murders. The two men's confessions <laughs> varied from contemporary stories as well. More current sources, such as Brian Bailey's, Lisa Rosner's, and Owen, Dudley's Ed- uh, Owen Dudley Edwards' tales, either follow one of the historic versions or provide their own interpretation of events. Hmm. So the first murder um, in January or February 1828 was either a miller named Joseph who stayed at Hare's house or a salt vendor named um, Abigail Simpson, according to most sources. According to historian Lisa Rosner, Joseph is the most likely. Um, the victim was suffocated with a pillow, whereas later victims were suffocated by a hand over the nose and the Oof. mouth. That's like an that awful takes a way very, very long time to do as well. Yeah, that's yeah. No, but I mean, I guess if they're trying, I mean, that makes sense. If they're trying to procure it for an anatomist, they don't want to have any damage, so yeah. you suffocate. That's yeah. what you would do in that instance. That's so... It takes a lot of strength and it takes a lot of nerve to suffocate somebody just because it is such a drawn-out process. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it's, that's brutal. It's so, it's so, like, methodical as well. Like you say, there's... It's... It's a... It's not easy to trace, is it? It's pretty... Mm-hmm. You know? So, so yeah. Um, but that's brutal. Like... Whew especially like just sort of 
like you say, the amount of strength you would need to do that and the amount of time that it would take to do that. Jeez. Yeah, you have to um, look in their eyes that entire time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, that's madness. Absolute madness. Um, cool. So, um, the, the novelist Sir Walter Scott, who took a keen oh. interest in the case, uh, also thought that uh, the Miller was the more likely first victim and highlighted that there was an additional motive to reconcile them to the deed as Joseph was suffering from a fever and had become delirious. Hare and his wife were concerned that having a potentially infectious lodger would be bad for business. Oh no, there's only one logical (laughs) conclusion that we can take this to again. This man's got a fever. Let's kill him. It's just like, what? (laughs) Of course, naturally. It's like, naturally. It just reminds me. It's a easy it was it's a crime of opportunity i mean he's delirious he's out of it he's weakened by the fever oh and we're 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 trying to protect our fellow lodgers this is so (laughs) don't butter this up come on (laughs) it's bad it kind of reminds it kind of reminds me of like 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 old west doctors (laughs) like someone would come in with like a broken leg or like their (laughs) arm like hanging off and they'll just be like um, the best I can do is give you some cocaine. Yes, cocaine and balance <laughs> your humors. Um, yeah, exactly. We're gonna. <laughs> oh, I see. I see you've um, you know, I see that your 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 legs sort of hanging off a bit there, dangling, um, dangling there. <laughs> I've got I've got some opium. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the best I can do, I'm afraid. <laughs> Well, have you seen like cough syrup bottles from oh, back yeah, in the saw, day? Yeah, someone put a photo somewhere about like a, a cough bottle. It's just like cocaine, opium, yeah, and just like other shit. It's just like, what the fuck is going on? And then there's instructions <laughs> for a for an infant, administer one half tablespoon I of. And you're like, <laughs> what? <laughs> So uh, so Hare turned to Burke once more and after su- uh, supplying their victim with liquor, Hare <laughs> smothered Joseph while Burke laid on his upper torso to prevent movement. Oh. They again took the corpse to, no- uh, to Knox and this time paid, uh, this time were paid £10. And, and, uh, and Rosner would consider the method of murder to be ingenious. Um, <laughs> Burke's weight on the victim obviously stifled movement and thus the ability to make noise while it also prevented the chest from expanding uh, should any air get past Hare's suffocating grip. In Rosner's opinion, the method would have been practically undetectable until the era of modern forensics. Mm -hmm. So uh, the order of the two victims um, after Joseph is also unclear. Uh, Rosner puts the sequence as Abigail Simpson followed by an English male lodger from Cheshire, while Bailey and Dudley Edwards each have the order as the English male lodger first, followed by Simpson. The the unnamed Englishman was a travelling seller of matches and tinder who fell ill with jaundice at Hare's lodging house. Hmm. Um, As with Joseph, um, Hare was concerned with the effect this illness might have on his business, and he and Perk, of course, I mean, of course, 
This is bad for business. <laughs> this man's got jaundice. Kill him. Go. Um, He's out. <laughs> yes. This man, this man is... is He's got his priorities is, a little is, is screwed a up, if you ask him. Right. Right. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so, so, yeah. Uh, so, he was concerned with the effect this illness might have on his business. And he and Burke employed the same uh, modus operandi they had with the with the hmm. miller which was hair suffocating their victim while burke lay over the body to stop movement and noise yes um simpson was a pensioner who lived in the nearby village of gilmerton um and visited edinburgh to supplement her pension by selling salt hmm. on the 12th of february 1828 the only exact date that Burke would quote in his confession, she was invited into the hare's house and piled with enough alcohol to ensure she was too drunk to return home. After murdering her, Burke and Hare placed the body in a, in a tea chest and sold it to Knox. They received £10 each for their body, uh, £10 for, no, sorry, they received £10 for each mm. body that's what I meant to say. Um, and Bert's confession records um, of Simpson's body that Dr. Knox, Dr. Knox approved of it being so fresh, but he did not ask any questions. Uh-huh. Yeah. How big was that tea chest? It Bro. must have been pretty big. Well, I hear you guys like tea. So I'm guessing we do. that it's... We do like tea. What is the tea? Okay, slight sidetrack. I love tea but I have American tea. And as we all know, that doesn't go well. So um, what's the good, how do I, how do I get my hands on what is, what is the good tea? That are, I'm literally giving you the good tea. Um, <laughs> you are. <laughs> so I, my go-to is Yorkshire tea. Yorkshire tea. Okay. And it, you could probably find it on Amazon to be honest and, yes. and get it. Just deliver. Continue but, to pay Papa Bezos. I, I need my it. British tea. You don't understand. Dom said like, so. <laughs> you're like, sorry, I, I I really don't want to do this, Bezos, but, but I Dom is to... British, so he knows his tea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so tea chest. Sorry, sorry, everybody. I just have to ask these questions. <laughs> oh no, it's fine. Uh, um, I thought you were going to be like, I I put my tea in the microwave. Is that allowed? And I would have stopped. I would have stopped the call. Yeah, the and I would have never spoken to you again. Hangs up. Yeah. <laughs> no, I have a kettle. Thank you. <laughs> good. I'm not okay. that much can, of a barbarian. You can, you can stay. Okay, good. <laughs> we can collab again. <laughs> uh, you hear that, Brooke? I passed the test. We're in. We've infiltrated the Brits. We're in. <laughs> So, so Margaret Hare invited an elderly woman into the house in February or March of that year. Mm-hmm. Um, she would give her enough whiskey for the elderly woman to fall asleep. Psh. And when her ret- and when Hare returned that afternoon, he covered the sleeping woman's mouth and nose with a bed tick, which is a stiff mattress cover, oh. and then left her like literally just left her just put the mattress cover over her face and was like okay bye by nightfall she was dead yeah surprisingly um <laughs> and and burke joined his partner in transporting her body to knox who Ugh. would pay another 10 pounds they're getting the bag man so and this they is the, the creme de la creme because they're all so certified rotten tomatoes fresh every single time oh yeah 
So oh, yeah. why would they resort to back breaking grave robbing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> just like... You know, like how like people are like, oh, this is farm to farm to plate. Yeah. So fresh. <laughs> <It's just> like... <laughs> these is... are the farmers markets of body procuration <laughs> yeah, around exactly. these parts here. <laughs> Jeez. In early April, uh, Burke met two ladies in Edinburgh's uh, Canongate neighbourhood, Mary Patterson, also known as Mary Mitchell, and Janet Brown, no relation, (laughs) uh, before inviting them back to his accommodation for breakfast. He bought the two women alcohol. So the three... I know, right? The three left the tavern with two bottles of whiskey and went instead to his brother Constantine's house. After his brother left for work, Burke and the woman finished the whiskey and Patterson fell asleep at the table. Burke and Brown continued talking but were interrupted by McDougal, who accused them of having an affair. That's a bit of a (laughs) fucking leap. Jesus Christ. Are you talking to another human being who's a female? An affair? Like, no. (laughs) So so a row broke out between Burke and McDougal, during which he threw a glass at her, which is a bit of... I mean, that's also a bit of an overreaction, mate. I'm not going to lie. Just lobbing a glass at her. Fucking hell. Um, which Which also cut her over, over the eye. Um, and Brown stated that she did not know Burke was married and left. Uh, McDougal also left and went to find Hare and his wife. They oh, arrived no. shortly afterwards and the two men locked their wives out of the room, then murdered <laughs> Patterson in her sleep. That just sounds like pure chaos. <laughs> like, wow. That's yeah. the most chaotic scene I could ever picture. <laughs> we really <laughs> escalated that very right. quickly. <laughs> The, so that afternoon, the pair would take the body to Knox in a tea chest again, while McDougal kept Patterson's skirt and petticoats. Uh, they were paid £8 for the corpse, which was still warm when they delivered it, because of course it was. Um, one of Knox's aides, um, Ferguson, inquired as to where they got the body since he thought that he recognised her. Um Uh-oh. Burke explained that the girl had died of intoxication and that they had bought it from an old woman in the Canongate. Um uh-huh. Knox was enthralled by the body and kept it for three months in whiskey before dissecting it. Brown later learned that her companion had gone to Glasgow with a travelling salesman um when she went looking for her. Also the irony of being preserved. In whiskey. In whiskey, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good... Man, uh, yeah, that's not good. Dom, whiskey is my favorite liquor, too. <laughs> Come on. I can't yeah. eat winter vegetables now. I can't do seasonal vegetables. And I can't do, like, I can't do whiskey anymore. I love my lager. Yeah, and say, what are you doing? <laughs> no, no more whiskey for Brooke. Oh, I'm okay, afraid. Fine. Just, I can't do yeah. this case. I can't do veggies. <laughs> I can't do whiskey. I can't do whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do tea now the correct way. Yes, you've got so. you know where to get the good tea bags. So, I mean, silver linings. At least you've got <laughs> one thing. <laughs> um, Fine, continue. <laughs> at some point in the early mid 
uh, to, in the early to mid 1828, um, a Miss Hadlin, um, who Burke described as a stout old woman, lodged <laughs> at Hare's premises. She fell asleep in the stable after becoming inebriated um, and she was smothered and sold to Knox. After a few months, um, uh, Howden's daughter, known as Margaret or Peggy, moved in with Hare. Uh, mm-hmm. Burke killed her without Hare's help after they drank heavily together. Her body was placed in a tea box and carried to Knox, where Burke was paid eight pounds. Mm. Um, hey, they're <laughs> consistent. They are. They, <laughs> consistency <Hey>. is key. <laughs> is key. <laughs> <laughs> the, the next murder took place in May 1828, um, when an elderly woman moved in as a lodger. Burke would suffocate her one evening while she was inebriated. Um, Hare was not present at the time, and her body was sold to Knox for £10. Then there was the killing of Effie. Um, Sometimes, so it was either spelled E-F-F-Y or sometimes spelled as E-F-F-I-E. So, mm-hmm. um, so, so Effie was a cinder gatherer who scavenged through mm-hmm. bins and dumps to sell her finds. Burke knew Effie and had previously provided... Um, uh, so Effie had previously provided him with leather scraps for his cobbling company. Burke would entice her into the stable with alcohol. And when she was sufficiently... Um, drunk he and her he and her murdered her and Knox paid 10 pounds again for the body so Burke um discovered another victim who was too inebriated to stand uh she was being driven back to her her accommodation by a local cop when Burke volunteered to drive her there himself um (laughs) how gentlemanlike and noble from from William Burke. Um, the colony's the co- on this guy, too. I know, just right? being like, right? I got this one. You go do yeah. your donut shop thing. I'll be it's, over here with my... It's ridiculous. Like, the, the <laughs> bratty, like, the, the brash yeah. confidence of him, like, which yeah, is yeah. madness. Um, so, so the cop agreed um, when Burke volunteered to drive her there himself, um, mm. where... So Burke obviously drove her back to Hare's house where she was killed and Knox gave a further £10 for her body. Um, so, so Burke and Hare would kill two lodgers in June. An old woman... <laughs> this, this description is like so oh, no. harsh. So an old woman <sighs> and a dumb boy, her grandson. Oh. <laughs> Like that's so oh, no. that's so harsh. So while the boy sat by the fire in the kitchen, his grandmother was killed in the bedroom. No. Yeah, yeah. Bless his heart. Um, oh. Burke and Hare then agreed. Uh, sorry, Burke and Hare then took the youngster and carried him to the same chamber where he was killed as well. Oh. Uh, but, but, uh, cool, yeah. So Birkenhair would take the youngster and um, kill him in the same chamber mm. 
as the grandmother. Uh, Burke subsequently stated that this was the murder that bothered him the most, as his recollection of the boy's uh, expression would yeah. torment him. Good. Yeah, I was about to say, that's <laughs> good. Like, it obviously didn't do much because then you killed many more people. So you couldn't Jeez. have felt that bad about it. But, you know, yeah. maybe he was just being like, oh, yeah, yeah, it, it tormented me terribly. Oh, it was yeah, horrible. Yeah. It was awful. Yes, I'm sorry. No, you don't get any sympathy for that. That's not, you don't get to play the the heartbroken morality card at this point in the game, yeah. sir. Thank you very much. Yeah, not at all. Um, so the duo's normal tea chest was determined to be too small to transfer the the bodies. So they were shoved into a herring barrel and carried to Surgeon Square, oh. where they were sold for eight pounds each. Um, so the barrel was loaded into a cart in. Um, so the barrel was loaded into a cart that has. Uh, horse refused to pull any further than the grass market according to Bert's confession mm-hmm. um, sorry for people that like animals um, Hare requested the assistance of a porter no. um, with a handcart and transporting the container Her, uh, Hare would then take his rage out on the horse by shooting it dead no, in no, the yard no, no, when no, he returned no, no, no. to Tanner's close <laughs> Okay, that's a really bad one-two punch because you got <laughs> yeah. the kid and then you've got the animals. And I'm the type of person, like, I'm, I'm enough of an introvert that, you know, and it's cynic that people, sometimes I'm like, that's that's horrible, that's people. I feel so bad when animals are harmed in any way because they are literally the most innocent yeah. things on the <laughs> planet. And it's, that's horrible, yeah. that poor thing. I mean... You know, <laughs> damn inconsiderate horse refusing to pull. How, How dare, dare it? it? I know. How dare it? But yeah, it's... Inconvenient. It's just like, like you say, what a one-two punch that is. Um, and yeah, like you say, it's yeah. always, you know, it's always worse with animals. As bad as it is to, like, as bad as it is to say, like, death of, like, people in movies doesn't really bother me. But if there's a dog that dies, I, I am, oh, I'm, I'm not happy, like... A human dies. Old Yeller scarred oh, us all. Fine. I didn't really like Dave that much anyway. He was a bit of a dick. <laughs> but they yeah, killed the dog. Dave. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> no! <laughs> Stop it! I think it's because they can't advocate for themselves. That's the part that gets to me. It's the same thing with kids. A lot of times, kids and animals, they can't advocate for yeah. themselves. And it's always some atrocious evil adult who was probably hurt as a child to begin yeah. with as well but oh my god yeah okay sorry no, no, it's, it's, it's yes. all good we we you know you know how you know what my tangents are like on my episodes Brooke. um <laughs> and the audience do as well to be fair um so 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 yeah um on the 24th of june uh, Burke and McDougal departed for Falkirk to visit um, the latter's father. Uh, Burke knew that Hare was short of cash and even pawned some of his clothes. Bit of a dick move. Mm. Um, like, mm-hmm. oh, he's gone. A I'm going to steal some. I'm going to sell some of his clothes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Perfect. <laughs> um, when the when the couple would return. 
they found that hair was wearing new clothes and had surplus money <laughs> yeah fucked up a little bit <laughs> oh, there hey guys. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is not how that was supposed to oh, go no. <laughs> like i can i can sort of like picture like mcdougall and um and burke sort of walking back in uh back into the house <laughs> and there's like hair just like sitting on the sofa and like burke and mcdougall are like you got some got some new clothes there buddy and then like Ta-da. hair just sort of like turns around and like looks at like an imaginary camera <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's the office yeah, like, with just like <laughs> proper office look at a camera. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in his new fancy top hat. Can you imagine just sitting there with like well, yes. a top hat, a monocle, like a suit, <laughs> and he's just like, yeah, yeah. I don't. This uh, no, this this uh, no, no, I've had this for for a I've while. Ha- I've yeah. had this. I should... <laughs> I've just never worn it and then the camera just stops and the voiceover says it was at this moment yeah. that he knew he <laughs> so you're probably wondering how i got into this situation <laughs> it all happened when my mom met my dad <laughs> and had me uh, so so hair denied selling another body after being questioned about it i don't really know how you could be like how you could deny it and then expect Burke and be Burke to be like, oh yeah, cool, chill, yeah, I do, yes, I don't, I believe it, it's fine. Of course, he's not going to yeah, believe for you, sure. <laughs> like an idiot. Um, so, so Burke would obviously verify the sale of a woman's body for eight pound with knots. Um, so, yeah, hair sort of shat the bed on that one just so, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, his business partner is now like. Cutting him a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Like, That's, oh, thought we were a team here, buddy. Dear, oh dear. What's uh, happening? Dear, oh dear. Um, <laughs> the two the two men <laughs> would get into an altercation and would come to blows as a result. Um, Burke <laughs> and his wife moved two streets away from Tanner's Close into the home of his cousin, oh. John oh. Rogan. <laughs> the scandal. Right? I mean... You know, a bit of a dom- the merry band yeah, is being it. broken up. A bit of a domestic between between the duo. Um, I mean, it is stressful yeah. work, after all. You know, <laughs> you, you know, there's a lot of stress. You know, you got to you got to fight. You uh-huh. got to, you know, you got to you got to get the alcohol, and then you got to make sure that oh they drink God. it. And they, you, you I know. Got, you know, do all this. it's all strenuous, and then the horse, and then the horse like, not pulling, and then. And then, like, workman's comp is just an absolute right. ass to pay for. Right. <laughs> They're not getting overtime pay. Like, you know, no. it's, it's just hard. It's hot mess. Hard life. <laughs> like, hard life out there being a grave robber. Oh, my God. <laughs> I hate these two. I hate these two so much. So. And they have the audacity to have this little internal I drama. Know. <laughs> Lovely. I know. Sit down. <laughs> shut up. Stop strangling. I'm gonna put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> Sit down, shut up, stop <laughs> Sit down, Shut up, stop <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but only if I'm quoted. I want yeah, dibs on get, this partner. Get, yeah, I was about to say you will go we'll we'll do a fifty fifty split on the profits. <laughs> um cool. the rift between the two men. <laughs> was short-lived. Uh, Hare was visiting Burke oh, in yeah. late September or early October when a washerwoman, uh, Miss oh. uh, Miss 
hostler, um, sometimes spelt hostler, um, arrived mm-hmm. to do the laundry. The men would get her intoxicated and kill her. Uh, the body was with Knox that afternoon and the men were paid £8 for it. Speedy. This is like starting to turn into a DJ Khaled song. Another I, uh, one. Like he just <laughs> freaking doesn't stop. What is it this? Is, um, and I've generally lost count of how many we're up oh. to. I think six. I know. I, I literally, I should have had a tally <laughs> mark going because I don't think I'd re- like, I knew it was bad. I don't think I realized it was this bad though. I think it was 16 <laughs> was the final number. <laughs> And I, I mean, we could, we could be close to that number. We, we might be very far off sixteen. I don't know where we are in in <laughs> that number of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like no idea. Um, but uh, hey, at least they Amazon Prime the body to to Knox. <laughs> oh yeah, he's Knox got that right. sweet, sweet Prime deal. Knox is like, man, my Prime membership is working. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth it. It's so worth it. Um. So after a week or two, uh, one of uh, McDougal's relatives, Anne Dougal, um, also obviously spelt McDougal, came to visit Mm. Falkirk. After a few days, the men killed her using their regular method and collected £10 for the body. So, So Burke would later claim that about this time, Hare's wife suggested killing Helen McDougal on the grounds that hmm. they could not trust her as as she was a Scot as she was a Scotch woman. Uh but he refused. Oh lovely. Racism. Fucking Fantastic. Goddamn Scots. Let's just Can't. add that in there. <laughs> God, goddamn Scots. They ruined Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> it just Hey, I am Scottish. It, remi- Chill. it reminds me of um of uh of the Simps like this the Simpsons scene where <laughs> Where Willie's like, where Willie's like, brothers and sisters are natural enemies, like Englishmen and Scots, or Welshmen and Scots, <laughs> or Scots and other Scots, or Scots, yeah. <laughs> Damn Scots! It's just a <laughs> they ruined <death>. Scotland. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh. Well, well, she's got to go. Isn't she also the one that's related to the one yeah, the, like yeah. girl that they just offed? Uh, yeah, that was. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. Um. So they're they're getting a bit Loose erratic. End. Um. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Burke and Hare's next victim was James Wilson, um, an eighteen-year-old man with a limp caused by malformed feet, who was a recognizable presence oh. on Edinburgh Street. Um, he was. Uh-oh. Yeah. I mean, there's more. There's mm, recognizable. Here we go. There's there's more uh-ohs. Um, uh-oh. He <laughs> he was mentally ill and inoffensive, mm. according to um, Alana Knight's account of the murders. He was known locally. <laughs> I shouldn't. If I shouldn't giggle because it's actually like really really mean. Um, he was known locally oh, no. as Daft Jamie. <sighs> This is just sad. Like, it it so it it just stuns me how like people with mental um, illnesses or mental conditions were viewed, yeah. like in comparison to now. It's crazy. Well, and the sad thing is the amount of bloodthirstiness that was just rampant in Victorian era, like lower classes typically. 
it's it's just asking for trauma yeah. and mental health disorders and all of this other stuff. It's just a bad environment. People are snap going to be snapping left and right. Yeah. And you know, institutionalization is horrific yeah. at the time. So you were better off just on the streets. Yeah. Which is terrifying to think about. Oh, that that's the best alternative definitely. in this instance. <clears throat> I agree. Um, so, doo -doo -doo -doo. Ah, cool. So, uh, Wilson uh, begged for money while living on the streets, um, and mm -hmm. Hare enticed Wilson to his rooms with the promise of whiskey in November, um, and dispatched his wife to collect Burke. Uh, Wilson was led into a bedroom by the two men, um, and Margaret locked the door and pushed the key under it. Um, Wilson was not as inebriated as most of the victims since he preferred snuff mm. to alcohol. Um, he mm. was also strong and fought back against um, Burke and Hare, but was overwhelmed and killed in the usual fashion. So strangulation and oh. you know, um, laying on the body and all that jazz. Um, oh. Burke retained a snuff box and Hare a snuff spoon um, and his body was stripped of his and his few belongings uh, were stolen um, cool. uh, so when Knox and his pupils viewed the body the next day some of them recognised Wilson obviously because he was said he's quite uh -huh. recognisable um, but uh, Knox denied it um, and uh, so, sorry uh, Bok, uh, Knox De denied that it could have been anyone that the kids knew um, when word of Wilson's disappearance spread Knox uh, dissected the body ahead of the others in storage um, the head and feet were taken first followed by the <laughs> full dissection mm -hmm. aye, aye, aye. so at this point we definitely know that he's complicit in this this is something it's not just, oh, I, I didn't inquire. It's it's strangely, all these bodies are showing up in mint condition. This is insane, yeah. but I'm just not going to question it. Now he's actively hiding evidence yeah. Yeah. in correlation to this. Lovely. <laughs> oh, Knox. Brilliant. What are you, what are <laughs> you like? <sighs> Can't take him anywhere. Sociopath. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hot Knox, just stay with your bodies <laughs> in your cooler. Chill out. God's sake, Knox. This is why we don't invite you to family functions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this this is why. This is why my mother-in-law <laughs> won't come see the grandchildren anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Do you microwave your tea? Knox, what is happening? This is... <laughs> Knox definitely microwaves oh, yeah, his Knox, tea Knox water. Might, yeah, <laughs> Knox puts the Knox yeah. not only microwaves it, but he puts the milk in first. He's that. He is that person. He puts the milk in first, and oh, he microwaves. No. The final victim. Yeah, yeah, we we're on the final one. Yay! <laughs> it's been a marathon. We're here. Um, Deep breath, you guys. That's it. A little meditative moment here. For for and out. Okay. For, for the, three people that have, that have stayed this far 
<laughs> Hi, welcome. <laughs> We're sorry. This is the worst uh, uh, finish line medal you're ever going to receive. <laughs> Do you want this? You, this is the the participation trophy that you that you <laughs> yeah. do not want. <laughs> you did not want. Here's your shot of whiskey, and we're all going to go cry now. Thank you. Coming uh, to my TED talk. Um, so the final victim <laughs> uh, killed on the thirty first of October, eighteen twenty eight, was Margaret Doherty, um, a middle aged Irish Ugh. woman. Uh, Burke lured lured her into uh, the Brogan lodging house by claiming that his mother was also a Doherty from the same area of Ireland. And the two began Uh. drinking. Um, At one point, (laughs) at one point, uh, Burke left Doherty in the company of McDougal while he went out ostensibly to buy more whiskey, but in actuality (laughs) to go and get hair. Uh, The two other lodgers, Anne and James Gray, were an inconvenience to the men, so they paid them to stay at at Hare's lodging for the night, claiming Doherty was a relative. Um, By the evening, uh, Margaret had joined in on the drinking. Uh, Burke, Hare, (laughs) and the two wives, and Doherty, were all um, absolutely fucked, um, singing, dancing, (laughs) Uh, when the greys oh so they're just yeah they, they were the fucking sloshed them. they were trolleyed they were Great. car parks okay <laughs> wait no i need more uh oh god words i'm running to out describe this um, go go they go. were they were gazeboed <laughs> <laughs> wait and literally dom you could tell me anything and i would believe you at this point we've already established this with the mayo situation okay and the chips they they were <laughs> they were fully skipped um <laughs> Absolutely, Marks and Spencer. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to Google all this later, so <laughs> that's on you now. Um, so, so yeah, they were all absolutely gazeboed, singing and dancing when the Greys arrived around 9 p.m. to pick up some clothing for their children. I'm just, I'm, I'm just imagining my my own personal FBI agent looking at my Google search history, being like, "What is this random string of questions?" I was going to be like, "It was because of Dom." After every single, <laughs> oh my god. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> be good. Um, so clothing was so picked up. Clothing was picked up. Um, and so, just, so despite the fact that Burke and Hare had fought earlier in the evening, they, they, they made up. They patched up. They, they felt the love again, um, and they killed Doherty and buried her in a pile of straw at the end of the bed. Uh, so the next day, uh, the Greys returned, and Anne became suspicious when Burke would not let her approach a bed where she had left her stockings. When they were left alone in the house in the early <laughs> evening, the Greys searched the straw and uh-huh. <laughs> obviously found Doherty's body showing blood and saliva on the face. Oof. They were messy with this one. So, I mean, yeah, that one... Sloppy. That one was really sloppy. Jeez. Like, I'm not I'm not a, a serial killer. I'm not... I, I don't know... You know, I don't know what the, the best way to bury a body is. I can't say that I've got the experience about it. Right. Um, but that is not on my resume. Yes. But it, like... nowhere on my nowhere on my CV does it say he knows where to hide a dead body. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> but but I I'm know thinking, it's not in a pile of straw yeah, at, at the, the end, end of, of a bed in <laughs> right. a lodger's bedroom that they are coming back to that day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that's sloppy. Uh, um, yeah. That's a zero IQ. <laughs> All right. So, Thank so goodness. I, I said sloppy. Um, I said sloppy. And my Siri opened, and it's just relayed everything I've just said. <laughs> and now your personal MI65 agent is like, um, excuse me? Literally, I saw my Siri and opened, and it had like, on it, it had like, I don't know where to hide the dead body. It's not on my CV. <laughs> Congratulations, Dom. You now have your very own Interpool file. <laughs> this Fuck's is a good sake. start. Siri, Siri's just Siri, literally I swear to like, God, it's not what you think. <laughs> Siri wants me in jail, obviously. <laughs> it's because I don't talk to her enough. She's just like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put what? you away. Spiteful little... <laughs> Jesus Christ. She's coming for you, man. She's Look coming out. for you. I mean, I remember a time when you could ask Sid, you could ask Siri where you could hide a dead body and like landfills would come up as a search result. That ain't good. Oh, dear. <laughs> there is something in the algorithm there that needs a little tweaking me things. Siri was wild, man. Um, <laughs> so on their way to alert the police they ran into mcdougal <laughs> what a person to run into uh who tried to bribe them with an offer of 10 pounds a week so and mcdougal's like, like and mcdougal's like hey siri what's an appropriate amount to bribe things <laughs> i need to know this offer of 10 pound a week a week so like like we said earlier that's a good chunk of change that's like over a grand a week to to not talk i mean please tell me they didn't take it please tell me is it bad that like yes part of me would yes dom it is (laughs) a thousand pounds a week you say Mm, mm, i would (laughs) (laughs) there would be hesitation possibly (laughs) There, there might be some t- contemplation of yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you'll be glad to know, Brooke, that they Good. refused. Good. They did not accept the £10 a week. Good. Um, and while the Greys reported the murder to the police, uh, Burke and Hare removed the body and took it to Knox's surgery, because of course they did. Um, however, uh, Doherty's Bloodstained clothing was discovered stashed under the bed during the police search. Whew. Fucking idiots, man. Like, come Thank on. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. How, you know, it's not like this is their first rodeo. They've uh, had 15 other, yeah. <laughs> 15 other attempts at this, which were successful. But how have they become this sloppy on their last one? I, Jeez. Well, they um, got too plastered the night before. Uh, yeah, they're, <laughs> they're just like... Okay. Bro, I literally, I cannot even with these clothes right now. There's like blood and who everywhere. And like, so they just, they didn't even bother putting it somewhere else. They left it in the same room. Yeah. Like. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. 
Okay. They, yeah, I mean, they definitely deserve whatever is coming to them, but they like doubly deserve it because they're just, they're Muppets. Let's be real. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Definitely. (laughs) So, so Burke and his wife both said uh, Doherty had left the house when questioned, but they offered uh, different time frames for her departure. I would probably try and like corroborate your story before yeah, you yeah. St- before you like go and you know before you get questioned maybe talk to each other and be like yeah so let's let's like you know, sync this up sync this up um <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell um the yeah. so this obviously would pique the cops interest enough to bring them in um, uh, yeah. <laughs> for questioning uh, the police went to Knox's uh, dissecting rooms early the next morning and discovered Doherty's body. Yes! Sweet justice. James <laughs> James recognised her as the woman he had seen with Burke and Hare. Yes! Hare and his wife, as well as uh, Brogan, were detained on the same day, all denying any involvement in the crime. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> that old chestnut. Uh-huh. Um, so, so Burke and Hare killed a total of sixteen people. Uh, it felt like fucking double that. Reading all that out, bloody yeah. Um, <laughs> Burke later admitted that he and Hare were generally inebriated um, at <laughs> the time of the murders, and that he could. Uh, <laughs> this made me laugh. Um, oh, no. Uh, and that he could not sleep at night without a bottle of whiskey by his bedside, and a two, and a and a two penny candle to burn all night beside him. When he awoke, he would take a drink from the bottle, sometimes half a bottle, oh, um, at a draw, at a draft, or at a at a draft, at a draft, and that would make him go to sleep. <laughs> he would also, because his conscious conscious conscience was so riddled he would also use opium to ease it yeah for sure yeah because he feels so horrendous (laughs) and bad (laughs) this is the part where i just don't understand where the need to keep going with it came from if he is this traumatized by it like why aren't you stopping were you afraid yeah. your partner would kill you? Is it the money was so good that you're just kind of like, all right, whatever. I just got to put my head down, do what I got to do. <clears throat> I just don't understand <laughs> if it I bothered mean, it, it, him this badly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, so a warrant was issued on November the 3rd, 1828 hmm. for the arrest of Burke, Hare good. and both of the wives. Um, Brogan was freed without hmm. any further action. Uh, the four suspects were separated and statements were collected, which had contradicted their earlier assertions hmm. on the day of their arrest. Um, after a police surgeon, uh, Alexander Black, inspected Doherty's body, two forensic specialists, uh, Robert Christensen and William Newbigging, um, were hired. Uh, they reported that the victim was most mm. likely murdered by suffocation, uh, but that could not be yeah. medically verified. 
Um, so the Burks and the Hares were charged with murder based on the findings of the two doctors. Um, Christensen examined Knox as part of the invest as part of his investigation, and Knox said that Burke and the Hare had kept an eye. Um, on poor lodging homes in Edinburgh and acquired bodies before <laughs> anyone claimed them for burial. Um, <laughs> Knox was... So according to Christensen, uh, Knox was deficient <laughs> in principle and heart, um, but uh, but he did not believe he had broken the law. I don't know how I feel about Knox, that. Knox, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, I but like cutting off heads and feet... Personally is pretty suspicious under best of circumstances. Yeah. yeah. That's... Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. Uh, so even though the police were satisfied that a murder had occurred and that at least one of the four was responsible, they were unsure if they would be able to get a conviction. Uh, police assumed that, ha- that there had been other murders, but the lack of bodies impeded their investigation. Mm-hmm. As word of the likelihood of other killings reached the public, uh, media began to print gruesome and erroneous accounts of the crimes. Speculative reports led to the public um, believing that all missing persons were victims of oh boy. The, the pair. Yeah. Um, uh, ja- I was about to say James Brown. That's not. It's Janet <laughs> Brown. I don't know where the fuck I got James. James Brown. <laughs> I mean, great artist. Uh, James. <laughs> uh, Janet Brown went to the police station and identified her friend oh. um, Mary Patterson's clothes, while a local baker informed them that Burke's nephew was wearing uh, Jamie Wilson's trousers. Hmm. The four suspects were charged with the murder of Jamie Wilson on October the 19th. Um, So the Lord Advocate, Sir William Ray, employed a um, pretty common strategy um, and he concentrated on one person in order to elicit a confession that might be used to convict the others. (laughs) Um, So Hare was uh, picked on December and on December the 1st, uh, he was promised protection from prosecution if he turned King's evidence <laughs> and supplied complete details of the murder of Doherty and others. Um, his wife was also immune from prosecution because he could not be persuaded to testify against her. Hmm. Uh, Hare confessed to all the deaths and Ray concluded there was enough evidence to pursue a prosecution. Hmm. Uh, so Burke and McDougall, uh, were charged with the murders of Mary Patterson, James Wilson, and Miss Socrates on December the 4th. Because Burke's statement to the police exonerated Knox, he was not charged with the killings. Uh, as newspapers and broadsides began to publish more information, the public's understanding of the story rose. Hmm. Many people in Edinburgh thought Knox was a sinister ringmaster who got Burke and Hare dancing to his tune, according to Bailey. Uh, Public opinion was swayed by the publication of several broadsides with editorials claiming that he should have been tried alongside the killers. Um, So the trial began on Christmas Eve. What a time for a trial to start. Um, (laughs) 
no not not a good christmas no. for the burks and the hares on, no. on that one um so the trial began on christmas eve 19 uh, 1828 at 10 a.m at edinburgh's parliament house before the high court of uh, justiciary hmm. um lord justice clerk david boyle presided over the case which was supported by lords uh, meadowbank pitmilly and mackenzie hmm. So a considerable crowd uh, gathered outside Parliament House shortly after the doors opened at 9am and 300 constables were on duty to avoid disturbances. Wow. Infantry yeah, infantry and cavalry were also on standby <laughs> as a precaution. Yeah, so public sentiment so, yeah, this was, was uh, very much yeah. not in their favour at this yeah. moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They didn't have a lot of friends Uh-oh. out there this, at this point. Yeah. They, they were not popular, uh-uh. not popular people. Um, so the case uh, lasted all day and night until the next morning, according to Rosner. Uh, even a formal po- postponement of the case for dinner could have created doubts about the trial's validity. Mm. Uh, the two defence attorneys opposed to Burke and McDougall being tried together when the charges were read out. I, um, mean... <laughs> I don't think they're really in a position mm, to sort of no i mean there's that one murder demands. that happened without burke right so yeah, like yeah yeah but everything else duh. Yeah, yeah i agree i agree um so uh james uh moncrief um burke's defense lawyer protested that his client was charged with uh was charged with three unconnected murders committed each at a different time and at a different place mm-hmm. in a trial with another defendant who is not even alleged to have had any concern with the two offenses of which he is accused hmm. several uh-huh. <laughs> several hours <laughs> were spent debating the legality of the objection the judge determined that the indict- indictment should be broken into separate charges for the three killings in order to ensure a fair trial. He let Ray choose which case should be heard first, and Ray chose the murder of Doherty because they had the body mm. and the strongest evidence. Yep. Um, so Burke and McDougall pled not guilty to uh, Doherty's murder in the early afternoon. The first witnesses were called from a list of 55, um, which included Hare and Knox. Uh, however, not all of the witnesses on the list were called, and Knox and three of his assistants um, avoided questioning in court. Uh, one of Knox's aides, uh, David Patterson, uh, was called and acknowledged Burke and Hare had supplied the doctor with multiple corpses. Hmm. Patterson had been the principal person Burke and Hare had dealt with at Knox's surgery. Yeah, he was probably the one who at the very beginning of this whole thing was like, hey, if you've got any fresh bodies laying around, let me know. Yeah. We take, yeah. we will be repeat customers. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll give you a loyalty <laughs> card and everything. Ninth, Knox has like a punch body. card now for like. I was about to say. <laughs> 
their ninth body, they get a stamp <laughs> for like a free that coffee or something. We're terrible people, though. This is awful. <laughs> <laughs> so, so not uh, so. Hair, sorry, took the stand to testify in the early evening um, under cross examination uh, about Doherty's murder. Hare said Burke was the sole perpetrator that McDougal had twice been involved by bringing um, Doherty back to the house Hmm. after she had run out. Hare also claimed he had assisted Burke in delivering the body to Knox. Although he was questioned about the other murders, Hare, uh, Hare was not obligated to respond because the charge was only for Doherty's death. Ha. So, uh, following Hare's interrogation, his wife uh, approached the witness box. <laughs> her, oh, this this really I, <laughs> I was outlining, and this this really pissed me oh, off. No. I got so angry. Um, so, following Hare's interrogation, his wife uh, approached the witness box, holding their oh, no. holding oh, their no. whooping cough stricken newborn daughter. No. My, Oh, it gets better. Margaret exploited the child's coughing episodes to buy herself time to think about some of the questions. (laughs) And she admitted to the court that she had a bad memory and couldn't recall many of the incidents. Uh, This... This bitch. Yeah. (laughs) This bitch. You don't get to be holding the title mother, I don't think, at this point in your career, madame. No. That poor kid dragged into all of this. That's awful. That's atrocious. This is going to sound really harsh after what we've just said, but my next bullet point was Maggie really out there improvising, adapting, and overcoming. Oh, no! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. See, I swear it's a double-edged sword, man. There's There's a good way to adapt improvise overcome and then there's what these like trash humans these dumpster fire people are coming up with just (laughs) the worst the worst of humanity (laughs) and parenting and all of yeah no thank you no thank you yeah uh so so the two doctors uh black and christensen um were the final prosecution witnesses uh both indicated they suspected foul play Hmm. That there was that there was no forensic evidence to support the suggestion of murder. Huh. The defense uh, did not call any witnesses, but the pre-trial declarations of Burke and McDougal were read out in their place. Uh, after the prosecution rested their case, uh, Burke's defense attorney began his closing statement, <laughs> which lasted two hours oh. um, at three a.m. Oh. Uh, McDougal's defense attorney began his speech to the jury on his client's behalf at 5 a.m. Oh my god. Okay, so this feels like filibustering to like where those in positions to make judgments down just to be like, we just got to get out of here. This is a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> what is happening? Yeah. Um, so so uh, Boyle uh, concluded by uh, directing the jury to accept the prosecution's arguments uh, at 8:30 a.m. on Christmas Day. Now, uh, the jury went away to <sighs> deliberate and returned 50 minutes later. 50 or Burke 15 was at uh, 50 five zero. So, 
so Burke was judged guilty of the murder of Doherty. Yes. Uh, but the same charge against McDougal was uh, deemed unproven. As he passed the death sentence against Burke, uh, Boyle told him, uh, your body should be publicly dissected and um, and anat- anatomized. Uh, yes. um, and I trust that if it is ever customary to preserve skeletons, <laughs> yours will be preserved in order that uh, posterity may keep in remembrance your atrocious crimes. Yes, please. And you can actually see <gasps> Burke's preserved skeleton. It is on yes. show. I can't remember where, but it is an exhibit that you can go and see. Good. That is the most royal karma fu that has ever happened. <laughs> I think ever. I need him to be it preserved is. in whiskey. That would be just like the cherry on top of all of this. Is just <laughs> what a. That is good. This is this is good. I go back and forth. I've said this it on good. our podcast <laughs> of death sentences and that sort of thing. Because it's so tricky sometimes, wrongful conviction, you know, all of that, all of that stuff. But man, these two can, yeah, they can go suck on a lemon and I'm okay with that. So, good. Yes. At the, <laughs> at the conclusion of uh, the trial, uh, McDougal was released and returned home. The next day, she went to buy alcohol and was met by a horde of people who were... <laughs> enraged by the not proven judgment she was transferred to a police station in nearby fountain bridge for protection but she fled via a back window to the main police station off edinburgh's high street after um after a mob of people lay siege to it oh, okay she yeah she's not a popular woman um yeah no they're she, all like burn her for a witch that's it brilliant um <laughs> She attempted to see Burke, but was denied permission. Uh, she, I mean, what, did she think that she was going to be, like, given the thumbs up? Of course she was going to be denied. What a fucking idiot. <laughs> she departed Edinburgh the next day, and no clear reports of her later life exist. She was a ghost from then on. Um, Burke made another confession on January the 3rd, 1829, on the advice of both Catholic priests and Presbyterian clergy. This was more extensive than the formal statement he gave before his trial, and he blamed Hare for several of the murders. On the 16th uh, of January, 1829, uh, a petition on behalf of James Wilson's mother and sister, uh, protesting against Hare's immunity and intended release from prison, was given lengthy consideration by the High Courts um, mm. of just of Justiciary and rejected by a vote by a vote of four to two. Um, no. Margaret was released on January the nineteenth and went to Glasgow in search of a way back to Ireland. She was recognised and attacked by a group of uh, by a mob of people while uh-huh. waiting for a ship. Uh-huh. <laughs> Karma's a bitch, isn't it? Do we have justice? Yes, Karma is a bitch. Um, (laughs) She was provided shelter in a police station before being escorted onto a Belfast-bound vessel by police. And just like um, the other 
woman. I've already forgotten what her name is. How bad is that? I can just scroll. Yeah, she's forgettable. Uh, we can, we like, can let fucking, her die off in our memories too. That's fine. Baby. Fucking cunt face McDougal. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, just like McDougal, there is no clear account of what happened to Margaret. Just bamfed um, off into she, the great far beyond into yeah, the sunset. Great. She, Love it. She she just went <laughs> off into the the ether. Hopefully not night. <laughs> Not sweet, sweet good night. This is there is no justice in this world, Dom. This is awful. Where is the justice in this world? <laughs> um, I mean, this is kind of justice. Uh, okay, Burke okay. Was, Burke was hung in front of a mob of up to twenty five thousand people on the morning of January Whoa. the eighteenth, uh, January the twenty eighth, eighteen twenty nine. Okay, all right. So there, I mean, there's some justice. Man was hung. Um, one of in the front horror? of 25,000 people. Um, Dude. So views from uh, ten tenement windows overlooking the scaffold were available for hire for 5 <laughs> to 20 shillings. Not sure what that converts to in 2022 money. Um, I'm not going to lie. Hey, sounds uh, expensive but, though. I mean, I'm assuming that like, I mean, shillings isn't even a currency anymore, so I'm not sure how I would convert that. But mm. I'm assuming that it would probably be quite a bit of money back then. Um, <laughs> I think it's safe to assume. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Professor Munro publicly examined Burke's body in the uh, an- anatomi- anatomical theatre of the university's old college <laughs> on February the 1st. When a big group of students assembled to demand admission to a lecture uh, for which only a restricted number of tickets had been granted, police were called. It like it start there like starts to get a oh bit of a gosh. a bit of a madness. I'm not going to lie. Um, after one of the university professors negotiated with the crowd that they would be allowed to pass through the theatre in batches of fifty after the oh dissection. Uh, calm was restored during the procedure which lasted for two hours Monroe dipped his quill pen into Burke's blood and wrote uh, this is written with the blood of W.M. Burke who was hanged at Edinburgh this blood was taken from his head Uh, so Burke's skeleton uh, was donated to the Edinburgh Medical Schools and 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 I I can't get my word, my tongue around that word. Every time, anatomical. Thank you. <laughs> Slippery one. Anatomical museum where it is still on display as of 2022. Um, Surgeon's Hall Museum also has his death mask um, mm-hmm. and a book which is purported to be bound of his tanned skin. Oh, okay. We just took it that far. All right. Yeah, <laughs> we we went up to like eleven. On, yeah, on that one out of ten, we're taking it to eleven. <laughs> yeah, that's hold it. on, dear butts. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> so hair was released on the fifth of February, eighteen twenty nine, after an extended stay in detention for his own safety, and the mail coach to uh, Dumfries assisted him in departing Edinburgh in disguise. A fellow passenger, um, Eskin Douglas Sanford, a junior lawyer who had represented Wilson's family, 
Uh, mm. Ooh, what a what are the odds of, of bumping into that man? Um, recognized him at one of the train's stops and alerted his fellow passengers of Hare's identity. Oh, whoa, oh dear. Uh, ca- again, karma yes. is a real bitch. <laughs> yes. When oh. Hare arrived in Dumfries, word of his arrival spread quickly, and a large crowd gathered at the hostel hostelry where he planned to spend the night. Hare would escape through a back window and into a carriage, which carried him to the town's prison for safekeeping, while police arrived and arranged for a decoy coach to draw away the crowd. Mm. Before uh, before 100 special constables came to restore order, <laughs> a throng of surrounded uh, a throng surrounded the building, throwing stones at the entrance and the windows and smashing street lamps. Hare was uh, brought out of town in the early morning hours, escorted by a sheriff officer and a militia guard, mm. and told to make his way to the English border via the Annan Road. Mm. There had been no, there was no variable sightings, uh, verifiable sightings of him afterwards, and his fate remained unclear, or remains unclear. They're just. I mean, obviously he died <laughs> because yes. he would be very old yes. now. Yes, but very old. <laughs> obviously what actually happened to him is is unclear. Wild. So, Wild stuff. Goodness. So it is time for our friend Nox. <gasps> Noxy boy. Nox, Nox, Nox. Come on. Oh, Nox. Um, so Nox refused to make any public statements about his dealings with Burke and Hare. Because of course Coward. he did fucking dip. Yeah. Um, the the common thought in Edinburgh was that he was culpable in the events. Mm-hmm. He was lampooned in character, and <laughs> in February 1829, a crowd gathered outside his house and burned an effigy of him. Oh. <laughs> a committee of inquiry cleared him of complicity and reported that they had seen no evidence that Dr. Knox or his assistants knew that murder was committed in procuring any of the subjects brought to his rooms. Not sure I believe See, that. this is like lying by omission, though, right? This is the same thing of, yeah. we're not going to ask, and so this we're cool here, right? <laughs> this is what this feels yeah. like. Oh, definitely. It's all very hush-hush. Uh-huh. Sweep that under the carpet uh-huh. sort of thing, innit? Um... So he resigned from his uh, position as curator of the College of Surgeons Museum and was gradually excluded from the university life by his peers. Good. He left Edinburgh in 1842 and lectured in Britain and mainland Europe. Hmm. While working in London, he fell foul of the regulations of the Royal College of Surgeons and was and was uh, and was barred from lecturing. <laughs> he was also removed from the role of fellows of the Royal Society of Edinburgh in 1848. <laughs> yeah, nobody wants to claim this dude after that. Yeah, nobody. Like, yeah. Nobody wants this man. We um, do not talk about him. No. <laughs> we do not claim this man. No. <laughs> uh, he, he worked as a pathological anatomist at the Brompton Cancer Hospital from 1856 until his death in 1862 mm. 
Um, and he also had a medical practice in Hackney during this time. So to wrap things up, uh, there are a few interesting tidbits regarding mm. the legacy of the case um, and some laws which Ooh. were directly sort of, um, which directly came from from this. So the question, so the question of the supply of cadavers for scientific research had been promoted by the English philosopher Jeremy Bentham before the crimes of Burke and Hare took place. A, parla- a parliamentary select committee had drafted a uh, a bill for preventing the unlawful disinterment of human bodies mm-hmm. and for regulating schools uh, of anatomy by mid-1828, six months before the murders were detected. <laughs> this was rejected in 1829 by the House of Lords. Huh. Gotta love that hindsight. Uh-huh. 2020 on that bad boy. So the murders committed by Burke and Hare raised public awareness of the need for the bodies um, or uh, of the need for bodies for medical purposes Mm -hmm. um, and of the trade uh, that doctors had conducted with grave robbers and murders. The East London murder of a 14-year-old boy and the subsequent attempt to sell the corpse to the medical school at King's College London led an investigation of the London Burkers, uh, who had recently turned from grave robbing to murder to obtain corpses. Uh, Two men were hanged in December 1831 for the crime. (laughs) We do love a copycat murder. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) So uh, a bill was quickly introduced into Parliament and gained royal assent nine months later to become the Anatomy Act of 1832. (laughs) This act authorised dissection um, on bodies from workhouses unclaimed after 48 hours and ended the practice of anatomising as part of the death sentence for murder. Uh, okay, now we're getting somewhere, slowly but surely. We're, we're starting to turn a corner a little bit here, seems like. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I only took 16. <coughs> yeah. No, I mean, technically 18 because of the copycat. Hair, hair too late, but okay, better late than never, I guess. <laughs> Fashionably late? <laughs> <laughs> a hair too late. Uh-huh. <laughs> Denounced. Don't worry. I'll oh. do my own little mini drum set over here. <laughs> I love a bun. I love a pun. I really do. <laughs> oh dearie me. <laughs> and and on that note, that is the case of Burke and Hare. Oh. The body snatching besties. Body snatching I mean, not, besties. Not so much besties at the end. You know. But hey ho. You know. Dumb. For the most part, the body snatching bed. I bow down before you. That was a lot of information to cover, and you did it beautifully. So, yeah, I know. Oh, thank fully you. Fully loathe. Thank you, thank these. you. I, I mean, I knew about this case. I did not know the extent of this case. This is horrendous. So, I know that, or I know that you already said earlier in the episode, Brooke. Um, but for anyone who may have forgot, um, or you know the one person that's still with us after hi welcome all of this now you're obligated to come <laughs> listen to us yeah 
Um, for anyone who might have forgot and for people that are that are still here, uh, where can people listen to your show and where can people follow you on yes. social media? So we are Criminomicon. It's a mouthful. If I could speak, it is a mouthful. Um, <laughs> so you can find us. We are on several platforms. Um, my statistics tell me that Spotify is our most popular platform, but you can also find us on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts. We're just about everywhere that's fairly major. I'm fighting with, um, oh, geez, Pandora right now. So we'll be on there eventually. <laughs> I'm just duking it out with them at the moment. But uh, yeah, we're Criminomicon. Come find us. We're two crazy people over there sister-in-laws we're both named brooke it doesn't get confusing at all we love having a good time with things and trying to keep it light but also being as respectful as we can to the family and friends of the victims and you know it's been a great time we just kind of dipped have just dipped our toes into this podcasting universe and honestly it's people like dom that make it not quite so overwhelming to get started so the long distance support and getting to kind of flounder through this new medium together has been very very cathartic and helpful so i'm very grateful and yeah find us on instagram that's where we primarily post all of our stuff and I think we're going to be trying to get like a merch store up and going. I probably need to pick your brain about that there, Domin. But we have enough idioms at this point to our name that there's some things that I want to get <laughs> in print at this point. But yeah, we'd love to have you join us and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see you over on our side, hopefully. Yes. Um, I can't wait for, for Brooke to, you know, to, to heal up and to feel more herself and then yes. come on to your show and and we're so you know do an episode with you it's guys it's gonna be lovely i i kind of know a little bit about what the case is about so i think it'll be it'll be a good one it's heavier for sure but oh i don't mind a bit heavy yeah like <laughs> i did i did will I did an episode on William Bonin. <laughs> like that, I, I, yeah. I can handle heavy <laughs> you really just were like nah we're jumping in with the piranhas we're doing this thing full body oh, yeah. <laughs> submerging oh, yeah. into that whole nightmare <laughs> yeah that wasn't yeah Lovely that was that was, a, that was a rough one <laughs> that was um bad. that was a rough one you can find horror house on instagram and twitter at horrorhouse underscore pod you can find the podcast on all good listening apps you know your spotify your Apple podcasts your google podcasts and all that jazz so don't forget to leave a rating and a review uh, for both Horror House and Criminomicon. Uh, I, hit, I hit that again first time. You did it. Bam. Nailed it, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, check out, as I said, uh, check out Brooks, uh, Brook and Brook, Brook, Brook 2, Brook Squared. Yes, um, Brook Squared. Nailed it. Brook Squared. <laughs> uh, check out their show. Give them a follow. Give them some love and pop a five-star review on the on spotify for them as well um also speaking of merch stores don't forget to check out the merch store for horror house yes um, it's so good I over have... there you guys are bananas if you don't go and check out some stuff yes. over there so this shit is bananas um <laughs> so all that's left to say is uh from me is until next time stay spooky brooke would you like to give a little sign off as well Absolutely. We'll hope to see you over on the Criminomicon podcast where we say we'll see you on the flippity flop. Yes, I love it. 
Bye. <laughs> Bye.